everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Supply Chain Podcast. This episode is one of two in a bit of a mini-series where we're talking to one or two of our fabulous customers about their businesses and how they're working with us as lead logistics partners to drive continuous improvement in their supply chain. Today's conversation is sure to give us food for thought. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Alfredo Moline, EMEA Supply Chain Director at Driscoll's. Driscoll's is a giant in the global berries market. And if you're a fruit lover, as I am, either in the US, in Europe, Australia or New Zealand, the chances are you've eaten their products before. At DHL, we're really proud to have worked with Driscoll's as their lead logistics partners since 2020 through our EMEA lead logistics team. And it's fair to say it's been a busy few years so far. Alfredo joins me from a customer workshop that we're running in Valencia. Apparently, the weather's not great, so that makes me happy because I'm here in London. Alfredo, welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Could you just start by telling us a bit about, about you, how you arrived at Driscoll's, and how you've grown to be such a market leader? Yes, um, I joined uh, Driscoll's uh, five years ago, um, and yeah, when you look at Driscoll's, Driscoll's is uh, already in the market uh, of fresh berries for more than 100 years. Um, it's a family-owned um, company um, and uh, started in California with strawberries uh, and from there expanded um, throughout the world. Um, I think 15, 16 years ago, uh, Driscoll's uh, entered into the EMEA uh, market. Um, with strawberries, uh, obviously, uh, but the category has, expand, has expanded uh, from strawberries to raspberries, uh, blackberries, and blueberries. Um, and yeah, as we have uh, delicious products, um, yeah, we we grew from yeah, basically a small player to a market leader uh, in our in our category. Awesome! I have to say, I am a customer of yours, and I'm not just saying that. Your raspberries are awesome. Um, a lead logistic partners means different things to different companies. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about how you work with DHL supply chain and what were the main drivers for you looking for a lead logistics partner? Yeah, we um, we, we do multiple services uh, with uh, DHL uh, supply chain and DHL lead logistics provider. Uh, so it all started, uh, the journey started together uh, about three, three and a half years ago, where we uh, were looking for a partner that uh, could help us on our expansion uh, plans that, that we have, uh, and also the, let's say, the, the network development that we need to, let's say, fulfill that expansion plan. Um, as mentioned before, the, the category of berries is, uh, is a fast-growing category uh, in the retail uh, landscape. Um, and that means that, let's say, we go to new markets, uh, into new customers. Um, and if you then look where we come from um, traditionally um, and, and, the, and the market growth and uh, that, that is in the category happening, um, we were in need, uh, or we are in need, uh, of a partner that can help us you know, moving faster forward. So yeah. both from, let's say, the expansion uh, support, but also from a technology point of view, uh, where we, uh, let's say, came from a quite uh, yeah, classic Excel-based uh, yeah, planning uh, platform, 
but to bring that into the new area and also to support a growing business like us, um, yeah, these things yeah, needed to happen uh, yeah, faster than, uh, yeah, than we could do uh, it ourselves. Cool. So that's why we, um, let's say, outsource to the LLP. Uh, so the current services are transportation uh, management services. Um, and DHL Supply Chain is also uh, managing uh, the Iberian warehouses. So we have three warehouses in Iberia, uh, two in Portugal and one in Spain, uh, which are managed by the uh, DHL Supply Chain uh, Spain operations. Um, and that's something which yeah, was not new for us, uh, outsourcing warehouses, um, but definitely the outsourcing of the end-to-end, -end, that's a transport management and the overarching uh, management of that, that was definitely a new area that we uh, entered into uh, uh, two years ago. In terms of that expansion, Alfredo, and in terms of the differences you've seen in, in your role, is that different in mainland Europe to the other regions that, that Driscoll's operates in? Um, yes. Europe is a let's say it's a difficult um, environment to operate in. Um, if you compare uh, Europe, for instance, with um, uh, America, uh, Northern America, uh, where let's say the company started and uh, where we uh, also have a big presence, um, Driscoll's is a is a big player uh, and by far market leader uh, in better, in the berry uh, category. Um, also, the retail landscape is uh, is quite diverse, uh, but it's also a big uh, consumer market uh, behind it. If you look at Europe, we have many different countries. In every country, uh, we have, let's say, retailers that have their own system set up. Uh, we have consumers in the different countries with their own preferences. Mm -hmm. So the landscape is much more scattered uh, compared to the uh, USA. Um, and that also means uh, for us from, let's say, supplying in this barrier category, um, yeah, you see big, let's say, differences between the countries. So UK, for instance, is a different consumer country uh, than, for instance, the Nordic uh, country, where there's a high focus on, on healthy food and, uh, and superfoods. So there's a, let's say, there's a different, um, um, yeah, different way how consumers look at also our product. Um, so UK is more, the barrier category is more commodity, uh, while in Nordics, it's more special. Uh, right. France is also a marketplace on itself. And then uh, what you also have is that uh, you have, let's say, local, uh, yeah, local seasons and, and, and local competition, especially in the summertime in, in Northern mm -hmm. Europe, you have a lot of yeah, local, uh, close to home uh, production of strawberries or, or, or raspberries, uh, which um, yeah, is also, yeah, creating a different competitive landscape uh, for us. And how does that affect your supply chain? Um, our supply chain is about uh, two things. So the mission of the company is to delight consumers through the alignment of growers uh, and customers. That's the mission of, right. the, uh, of the company. So our supply chain is fully organized around uh, delight. Um, and delight uh, is about the product um, because our uh, let's say what we aim for is if we deliver delight to consumers they will get uh, a marvelous eating experience and what happens then is that they will come back uh, uh, to buy more uh, and that's what we are after so we are after delighting consumers and then make sure by the delight that they do repeat purchases 
And um, to do so, you need to be reliable because if you go to the shop and you buy uh, a, a, a nice pack of strawberries and you have this marvelous eating experience and you go back tomorrow or the day after tomorrow and let's say the strawberries are not there, that's a disappointment. Yeah. And that's what we call them reliability. So for us, it's delight on the product. And then from a supply chain perspective, the reliability to deliver on time in full um, uh, according to the specifications of the customer to, uh, to make sure that the consumers can, let's say, are facilitated in that repeat buying um, that they do. Perfect. Um, interesting that you should bring up, we were talking before we started to record about the weather. Now, yeah. all industries have their challenges, but yours has certainly had a few tough years with extreme weather affecting crops and shortages of workers and many other complexities in the supply chain landscape. Yeah. How have you been making sure that your supply chains stay resilient so you can continue to delight your customers? Yes, um, that, that's a good question. And that's also one of the, uh, the biggest challenges that we have as a company. Um, I always... Let's say, say um, we we do not have let's say um, a controlled production process uh, yeah. uh, like like other categories. Can't be completely in control of the weather. Can yeah. We? So our our berries um, yeah grow outside um, and they get fueled by water and sun basically. Uh, that's how they grow. Um, and let's say rain, heat waves. Uh, cold, cold temperatures, they all have an impact on, um, let's say, on the delight. So on you know, how the plant grows and then eventually also what, let's say, what type of fruit comes off uh, uh, the plants. Yeah. Um, but there's also a timing um, uh, attached to that because if it's cold, then the plant yeah, goes into hibernation and then you get fruit later than you expected which causes a lot of, let's say, planning issues. Because our intent uh, with what we do, and that's why we produce, um, let's say, in multiple regions in Europe, and uh, we call it, we follow the sun. So in the summertime, we produce in Northern Europe, and in the wintertime, we produce in, in Southern Europe and in, in Morocco. Um, and that gives us the opportunity to have a 52-year, uh, or 52-week uh, 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 year, um, uh, let's say, supply of berries. Wow. But then you are, um, yeah, you, you, are, you, you need to rely on, on weather conditions, uh, of course. And uh, these weather conditions are, especially I think the, the last 12 months are, are very, very extreme. And um, uh, you have people talking about El Nino, uh, for instance, now this year. This year is the craziest year ever that we had uh, from a, that's a, a, a very uh, supply point really? of view. Um, because all these... Yeah, strange, let's say, weather swings up, down, um, uh, summer storms, hurricanes, um, heat waves, they have a massive impact on, uh, on our supply. Um, and uh, that eventually also has a massive impact on, uh, on our reliability. So that means that our supply chain needs to, uh, needs to be, let's say, agile and, and resilient and, yeah, Normally, people talk about agile, and um, uh, that that's a that's a it's a hollow word. Buzzword, or, isn't it? Nothing. It's a buzzword. Yeah, it's a buzzword. Um, I can tell you in our business, uh, agility and flexibility is 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 what we do every day, every hour of the day. Um, I'm guessing it's down to the minute almost, or at least down to the hour for you guys. Yeah. I remember so as a kid, we, I lived in a very industrial, very agricultural part of the UK, um, where we were surrounded by um, peas. People who grew peas, 
Yeah. Um, and they tried to get the peas harvested within two hours. And they say yes. if they missed that window, then then the delight uh, that they were giving their customers was less. Yeah. I'm guessing that's the same for you. That's that's the same for us. Uh, yeah. And our supply chain is planned on an hourly basis. So the let's hourly, say the 365 wow. days a year are broken down in hours. Um, and that's let's say how our operational clock ticks literally. Uh, and that with the piece is the same with the berries. Um, uh, a berry, let's say, sometimes it happens uh, uh, very often that the berry is not ripe enough for picking in the morning. But then right. two or three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, it needs to come off the plant because if you leave it there until the next day, it's too ripe. Uh, gone too far. Be, yeah, let's, it's gone too far and cannot be transported to the uh, to the end market. So this really comes to let's say. Yeah, the moment that you pick it, but once you pick it, um, uh, so you take the fruit of the plant, you need to, let's say, chill it very fast. So uh, what we do is we pick it and then after two hours, let's say two hours after picking, the fruit needs to be cooled at two degrees because that contains, let's say, the freshness of the fruit. And that brings also uh, the fruit to the market because let's say if we let's say grow in Morocco, it takes five days before it is in a in a store in Northern Europe, um, right. and that five days yeah may not impact the freshness and the let's say the experience of the fruit. So that's why this cold chain, but also this let's say this time the timing of it is is very crucial for having that delightful product uh, at the end of the chain basically. And I'm guessing, you know, a lot of our customers talk about the need for visibility, but I'm guessing that it's absolutely critical for you to be able to see all parts of your supply chain in real time. Yes. Um, and that is also exactly yeah, why we embarked on this journey with DHL um, to let's say, put the tooling systems uh, and visibility platforms in place to have this 24-7 visibility. As I said our supply chain is 365 days a year. 24 hours a day, and we always need to know where our product is and also in condition. So uh, we are, let's say we operate in a full cold chain, zero to two degrees, but we also track all our shipments until, let's say from source to delivery um, on the conditions. So that's temperatures, that's also humidity, um, uh, uh, all these experts, uh, ex uh, let's say things, uh, that's something that we monitor uh, during uh, um, yeah during the transportation and that's also where uh, the control tower uh, comes into play uh, uh, to monitor that to act on it uh, especially the out of let's say out of temperature ranges uh, that that happen um, yeah that needs immediate uh, action and follow up also with the carriers and, and the drivers uh, of those carriers so that is a very important element in our, in our supply chain to let's monitor, but also to yeah, take action uh, when something is uh, not according to specification. And, and thinking about your role specifically, um, Alfredo, as supply chain director, what difference has that control tower made to your role on a daily basis? Um, the difference that it makes is that um, that's our teams do not. Um, are not, let's say, that heavily involved anymore in the, let's say, in the day-to-day, -day, in the hour-to-hour -hour managing uh, of the logistics of the of the transportation. Um, as also mentioned before, um, let's say the crucial thing in in our business is uh, supply chain planning. Uh, yeah. and it starts all with planning and and making sure that supply and demand uh, fit to each other. 
uh, and the forecasting that goes with that. Um, and that is where uh, yeah, the supply chain team is, uh, let's say, heavily involved with, so the risk supply chain team. And that's also yeah. where, let's say, our added value is really. Um, and if we do that planning right, then we bring it to DHL and they can execute it in, in the right way. And that leaves us also with more time to really focus on that core element of planning instead of chasing trucks, uh, basically. Yeah. It's important, but it's not strategically important because if we let's have focus our effort on let's say on the planning element we avoid a lot of issues also downstream in the supply chain and uh, what we do not want to um, is that at least that my team is completely absorbed with chasing trucks and then forget about planning uh, because then we are then we have to chase more trucks um, if the planning uh, let's say is never right. stops yeah yeah so, so i guess the essence of it is it frees you up to do what you guys are good at and what adds value to you yes, yes. perfect so um what's on the horizon how do you see things expanding how do you think see things changing over the next few years yes um what we what what is happening is that we will keep on expanding into new geographies uh, so in in our case the Middle East uh, is an important area uh, where we are developing. Uh, so we are already present there um, as a company, uh, but let's say Middle East is growing very fast. So also from a market perspective, uh, that is let's say a big growth market of us. And if you look at um, at Europe, um, UK uh, is, a, is an important market for us. Um, uh, we did recently or last year, we did an acquisition uh, in the UK. Um, okay. And that's what we um, are now going to build further. Um, UK is traditionally a, a private label uh, market, um, and uh, Driscoll's is not a private label brand. Uh, we are we have our own brand, and that's our aim to turn around uh, the UK barrier category uh, more into a branded category than in a private label category. Um, uh, and UK is also a big market from a consumer perspective, so that that is uh, something we are working on. Um, so these are the markets that that we are going to develop. Um, and what let's say becomes more and more important is also local production. Uh, so if you talk from a sustainability uh, point of view, so producing closer to home, um, uh, that's something also for uh, the next that's a, not the next years, but that's basically the next ten years. Uh, a transition that will happen um, that we will also move uh, more towards uh, areas to be closer or to produce closer to consumers, uh, basically. That's a great point, actually, Alfredo. What um, what changes have you seen in, in consumer demand for sustainability over recent years? Um, what what is important um, um, for consumer is that uh, a brand uh, like us, uh, so a brand takes care of uh, of sustainability. Mm. Uh, if you look at the uh, food and vegetable category uh, in the in the retail market, there's a lot of plastic uh, uh, in there, um, and that is also one of our let's say big initiatives is to move away from plastic packaging and transition that into uh, what we call uh, paper packaging. Um, yeah. That is, uh, let's say, a transition that we are currently, um, yeah, deploying in, in our company, and, and yeah, that's also a multi-year journey. Uh, but that's basically to remove plastics from the fruit and vegetable sh shelf, and that starts with our berries to put them uh, not in plastic but in, uh, in paper packaging. Paper, um, sure. 
so so that that is an element um then um but you also have let's say more sustainable um growing practices um and that's what i also said if you you can produce closer to home your voice station um and that is also what is seen by consumers as more sustainable so something that grows around the corner is more sustainable than something that needs to be um that's a taken from far um and uh what you would like to avoid is also yeah flying fruit um uh, that's what what you would avoid uh, ultimately um so when you transport it in a sustainable way and then also yeah bring it closer to consumers then it's more sustainable and then put sure. it in back and then it's let's say you did you did the best you could do you could possibly do yeah of course and 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 thinking about your mission of, of customer delight um it, it cut those two things kind of play together don't they um i was shopping at the weekend and i was i was presented with an array of, of fruits in, in my local supermarket and i found myself going for the local ones for sure i've got a thought about sustainability but they also taste better so i completely understand what you're saying about making sure that your fruit is produced as locally as it possibly can be it it, it ticks both those boxes yes absolutely absolutely perfect so it looks like we're, we're at the end of our time today alfredo thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me about the berry industry and and the future that, that we see being very bright with driscoll's it's been a real delight talking to you today um hope you enjoy the rest of your time at valencia and thank you so much for joining us okay thank you for having me here and thanks to you also, listeners, for being with us. Please check out our other episodes on all things supply chain. Make sure you stay up to date. Please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. See you next time.